This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 31 of season 2 and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. Life with the Lions was a British comedy radio sitcom that ran on the BBC from 1950 to 1961 and featured a real American family who had settled in London during World War II, Ben Lyon and his wife B.B. Daniels, and their children Richard and Barbara Lyon. It was a scripted program, but it actually expanded on real-life events, both topically and in the real lives of the Lions. It also starred Molly Weir as their Scottish housekeeper Aggie MacDonald, Doris Rogers as their nosy neighbor, Flory Wainwright, and Horace Percival as Mr. Wimple. It was also the very first British situation comedy. So sit back and relax for the November 19th, 1950 broadcast of Life with the Lions. Ladies and gentlemen, Life with the Lions. We'd like to meet the Lyon family. I'm Richard Lyon. I'm Barbara Lyon. I'm Ben Lyon. And I'm Baby Daniels Lyon. <laughs> and here's the Lyon family in Is There a Doctor in the House? Go ahead and eat your breakfast, kids. Mother, is it Aggie's day off again? No, Barbara, but she doesn't like to be awakened until 11 o'clock. Did you take her tea up to her, Richard? Yes, Ma. I still don't see why she has to have every morning in bed. What's the matter, Barbara? Don't you like my cooking? Oh, oh, yes, it's wonderful. Shall I put these doilies under the plate? Those are not doilies. Those are my pancakes. (laughs) And you'll know it. Richard, you aren't eating a thing. How intelligent of me. What? I, I mean, I'm not hungry, honest, Ma. Oh, well, stop stalling, both of you, and eat your breakfast. All right, Mother. Pass the lettuce, Richard. Oh, you think I was starving you both to death. There's plenty besides lettuce. Eat your codfish, Richard. I can't. Why? Because it's got such sad eyes. Oh. <laughs> it has not. I don't know what I'm going to do with you two, honestly. Why isn't Danny down to breakfast, Mother? He's smart. What? Uh, I said he's smart to rest when he has a day off. Oh, he did not. I heard what you said. And he's not resting. He's still very upset about that publicity he got last week. You mean because he won first prize for making those fairy cakes? Yes. Since then, he hasn't slept well, he doesn't eat, and he hasn't kissed me once all week. Hasn't he, Mom? No. And when you're used to being kissed once a week, you miss it. (laughs) Now, you be quiet, you kids. Here he comes. Oh, good morning, dear. Uh, Good morning, kids. Good morning, Daddy. Sit down, darling. I have a wonderful breakfast for you. Pancakes. 
Oh, I don't feel like eating. Oh, but then you must. You haven't touched your breakfast in a whole week. I don't think these pancakes will keep much longer. Oh, I'll never live it down. Darn those fairy cakes. Oh, don't be like that. All great men have their ups and downs. Ever since Disraeli put his cloak down for Queen Elizabeth. Baby, that was Sir Walter Raleigh. Oh, all right then. Ever since Disraeli put his cloak down for Sir Walter Raleigh. <laughs> Baby, you've got the wrong man. Oh, no, I haven't. You're the only man for me. Okay, honey, forget it. Cheer up, Pop. Think of the nice job you've got. Not every man can be a film executive. Maybe I haven't got a job. Mr. Fox hasn't renewed my contract yet, and I don't think he's going to. Oh, that's just because he can't make up his mind. He's undecided. I heard what he said. He said rather than sign me up again, he'd shoot himself or jump out of a window. There, you see, he can't make up his mind. <laughs> Look, let's not talk about it. Oh, I know it'll cheer you up, darling. You'll love this. It's a joke I heard at the beauty parlor while I was having my hair done. It seems there was a traveling salesman, and he stopped at a farmer's house. Well, the farmer had a beautiful daughter. So after supper, they went in the living room. <laughs> well? That's all I heard. I had gone to the dryer. Well, it's a wonderful joke. That's great. Yeah. You feel better now? A little weak from laughing, but better. <laughs> Good. Say, Danny, what'll happen if Mr. Fox doesn't renew your contract? Will we be very poor? Oh, no. We'll be all right, son. I've got it all figured out. I'm going back to variety. Ben, the British people would never forgive you. I can see you're trying to discourage me, but my mind's made up. I'm going back to variety, and that's final. Where's your father, children? He's studying his new act in the den. Well, I'm going to change all that. Wouldn't you be proud of your father if he were a doctor? What are you talking about, Mother? Well, when he was a young fellow, he studied to be a doctor. Yeah, but that was only for six months. Nevertheless, I'm sure the reason he isn't happy in his work is because he was born to be a doctor. So I sent his handwriting to a phrenologist. But, Mom, a phrenologist is a man who reads bumps. Well, have you seen your father's handwriting lately? <laughs> How did you find out about this specialist, Ma? Well, I saw his advert in the paper, so I sent him a shilling. Let me read you the important bit in his letter. Now, wait a minute. Oh, here it is. I have read your husband's handwriting with great interest. It reveals a true public spirited humanitarian... Humanity, oh, I got that wrong. It reveals a true public spirited humanitarian who is eager to help his fellow man. He is definitely cut out to be a doctor. See? You mean you found all that out for a shilling? Yes. Gee, maybe if you sent two shillings, Pop could have been a specialist. <laughs> My new friend Brian Hanwether is a medical student. I think doctors are romantic. There's something about them that's so overpowering. That's a disinfectant on them. <laughs> oh, oh, you're so common. And you're so silly. I wouldn't lower myself to answer that remark. You're completely illiterate. Sure, I'm illiterate. And I'm proud of it. Not everybody can be a good literate. You... <laughs> You don't even know what the word means. I don't have to know. It sounds good. Why, you little... Quiet, you two. Quiet. I'm trying to learn my new act. Run along, kids, will you? I want to talk to your father about, uh, you know. Okay, Mom. Good luck. We're with you, Mom. Say, what's all the mystery about? Nothing. Only a man with your brain should be doing an important job. You know, like a doctor. You studied to be a doctor once. Why did you give it up? Because I learned I wasn't cut out to be one. Oh, you're wrong, Ben. You're the sort of man to give a sick person confidence. Oh, no, baby. I haven't got that soothing touch that sends people off to sleep. Oh, how can you say that after what you did to the audience in Blackpool? <laughs> Even so, I couldn't be a doctor. You have to go to school to be a doctor. 
You have to go to school for seven years. Well, then you're practically a doctor. You've already been to school for six years. Look, what's all this silly talk about? It isn't silly. I sent your handwriting to an expert, and he agrees with me. You're in the wrong business. You should continue your medical studies. Oh, well, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of. Even if I wanted to be a doctor now, I couldn't. I'm too old. How old are you? The same age as you. (laughs) And since when is 33 too old? (laughs) Oh, forget it, honey. Forget it. Show business is my true profession, so let's not talk any more about this doctor nonsense. All right, dear. I won't say another word. I think I'll run next door to Flory's. Okay, but don't stay all day. I won't, doctor. Flory, have you heard the news about Ben? You poor darling. What's he done now? Oh, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't even agreed yet. But I had to tell you because you're my best friend. He's going to be a doctor. Oh, that. Mm. Richard and Barbara told me all about that. Well, tonight I'm going to the hospital and offer his services. Oh, baby, I hate to disillusion you, but he hasn't a chance. He couldn't even be a witch doctor. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, you just bring him a sick witch. He'll show you. <laughs> Barbara, where's your mother? Oh, she's next door at Mrs. Wainwright. Oh, well, you and Richard come over here and sit down. I want you to listen to some jokes I'm putting into my variety act. I'd love to, Dad, but I've got to do my homework. Uh, Yes, and I've got to dust my bedroom. Oh, well, you can do all that later. Now, come on. Look, what do you think of this joke? A man went into a restaurant and asked, he asked what was on the menu. The waiter said, we have a nice crab dressing. And the man said, well, I can't wait for him to dress. Bring him in naked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Do you like that, Barbara? Yes, Daddy. I'm sure it's very funny. (laughs) How do you like it, Richard? Oh, sure, Pop. (laughs) Good, good. Well, look, here's even a better one. A very funny thing happened to me today. I went to a wooden wedding. Two Two poles poles got got married. (laughs) Say, uh, you kids are right up on the latest joke. Yes, Aggie, yes. I've got to get all my props and my makeup together. I'm going back to variety. Well, that's real nice to know. Oh, thank you. People most definitely be glad to hear that, Mr. Lyon. Oh, thank you. Hi, I'm looking forward to hearing the old jokes again. <laughs> There's nothing but the old jokes. Well, look, Maggie, uh, Aggie, rather, come here and sit down and listen to my new routine. <laughs> oh, I would just love to. Uh, move over, kids, and let Aggie sit down. Come on, Aggie. Uh, here's a new one for you, Aggie. I say to the audience, speaking of physical culture, I'm taking lessons by post. And guess what they're doing for me? They're going to send you your muscles next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, you're a very funny band, Mr. Lyon. You know, you're nearly as funny as some of our Scotch comedians. Oh, which ones do you mean? Oh, you know them all. Vic McOliver, Jimmy McEnroe, <laughs> and Arthur McEnglish. Oh, Well, now, look, come on. Come on, everybody. Get comfortable. Stop fidgeting, Richard. I'm going to do my whole routine all the way through. Hiya, folks. Speaking of hotels... Jay Barabelle. <laughs> what? I-, I said that's swell. Oh. Oh, I must fix those chimes on my next day off. Oh, hello, George. Come in. Hello, Perry Cakes. Now, cut that out, George. Oh, I was only joking. Well, don't. Sit down. 
You should know that's the cat's chair by now. Sorry, Skippy, old boy. Mr. Wainwright, Pop's going back to variety. Variety? That's right. He's going to try his whole act out right now. Oh, well, I've enjoyed our talk, Ben. See you later. Oh, don't go, George. I want you to hear my opening routine. It's terrific. Oh, hello, B.B. Hello, Flory. You're just in time. For what? Well, I'm just doing my variety act. Oh, no. Goodbye, Ben. Oh, stop clowning. Oh, Mr. Lyon, how are you going to finish your act? You know, I think you should sing a wee song. You're such a grand voice. Oh, well, thank you, Aggie. I have a nice, bright little number lined up. You know the one, Busy Line? Uh, Barbara, Richard, will you give me a little accompaniment? Sure, Dad. Well, you know, Barbara. this is the song Rose Murphy sings, but I sing it without my foot. I put a nickel in the telephone and dialed my baby's number and got busy line. She, 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 she. I got a nickel in the phone and got my baby's number. Got I don't know what he's squawking about. I didn't sit on him. I was just singing. Maybe he'd rather have you sit on him. That's a nice thing to say. Now, look, everybody be quiet while I do my act. Hiya, folks. Well, be very much See you later. All right, honey. Come on, Richard. We've got work to do. I'll come out and help you, Aggie. Bring him in naked. Wait. Where's everybody going? Well, it's... At least you didn't leave, Skippy. How did you like my act? <laughs> Skippy! Oh, Ben! Quiet, honey, quiet. I'm on the telephone to Val Parnell. Oh, hello, Val. Yes, Val, this is Ben. Look, Val, I'm going back to Variety, and I thought you'd like to book my act. What? Yes, yes, I have my act all written down in two little books. Yes, they're in my pocket. No, no, I won't lose them, Val. I promise. I promise. Ben, will you stop kissing the phone? Quiet, quiet. No, not you, sir. Uh, yes, sir. I will. Goodbye. Well, you sure told him. Oh, don't be funny. He just said he'd get me a date, but first I have to try out my act somewhere. He wants me to do the finale in my cat costume. I must go and find it. What are you putting on your coat for, Mother? I've got to get over to the hospital quick if I'm going to save your father. Gee, is Daddy sick? No, but he will be if he goes back to variety. Your father's going to be a doctor whether he likes it or not. Excuse me, nurse. Is this a general hospital? It is. May I help you? Yes, I want to offer my husband's services. Is he a doctor? He's going to be. Uh, has he taken medicine? Oh, yes, every morning. <laughs> well, uh, perhaps you'd better talk to Dr. Parker. He's the head of our research department. Oh. You'll find him in the experimental laboratory down the hall. Thank you. <laughs> How is your experiment coming along, Dr. Parker? I've gone as far as I can, Dr. Ronald. I've tested the serum on guinea pigs and monkeys, but I can't find a man to volunteer. Hmm. Exactly what will the serum do? If it works, it will mean man will live to be a hundred. Yeah. And if it doesn't? I don't know. <laughs> That's why I can't get a volunteer. I've offered money. This morning I advertised in the newspapers. I'm afraid there isn't a man brave enough to risk it. Come in. Dr. Parker? Yes? 
I'm Mrs. Lyon. I'd like to offer my husband services. As a volunteer? Yes. Can you use it? Can we? Amazing, isn't it, Dr. Ronald? Quite extraordinary. <laughs> Sit down, Mrs. Lyon. Tell me, why didn't your husband call in person? Well, he's busy. I see. Well, can you fill out his slip? No, no. He's much bigger than I am. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. I see what you mean. Oh, yes. His name? Van Lyon. Wait. I'm not sure. Sometimes he weighs as little as 12 stone and sometimes as much as 14 stone. Well, I'll put it somewhere around the middle. Yeah, that's where he usually puts it on. <laughs> Height? Six foot one and four foot two in his stocking feet. Four foot two in his stocking feet? Yes. He always sits down when he takes his boots off. Oh, I see. Now, one more question. About his physical condition. Are his nerves steady? I don't know. How long have you been married to him? 20 years. Steady nerves. <laughs> well, uh... Thank you. Oh, and thank you, Dr. Parker. My husband will be over tonight right after dinner. So you see, Flory, I was right. He goes to work tonight in the biggest hospital in London. But I still can't get over it. What kind of job is he going to do? Well, I don't quite know. It's in the experimental lab. But that's where they work with microbes and bacteria. I hope he doesn't bring any home. Look, Florrie, Ben may be broke, but he wouldn't steal. Oh. <laughs> Forget it. Why are we whispering? Ben's in the next room. I want him to get used to real hospital conditions. Oh. How does he like the idea of working in a hospital? Oh, I haven't told him about the job yet. I'll have to trick him into going, but once he gets there, his instinct will do the rest. Well, you better start tricking, because here he comes. Okay. Oh, oh, Bebe, Bebe, I can't find my... Oh, hello, Florrie. Hello, Ben. What's the matter, Flory? Don't tell me you lost your voice. I hope. <laughs> well, as I was saying, Flory, they wanted Ben to do his act at the general hospital, but I said, no, doctor. My husband hasn't time to do his act at your hospital. Wait a minute, baby. Somebody wanted me to do my act and you turned them down? Certainly. Dr. Parker called up in the general hospital. He seems to think your act would help the patient. Well, he's right. I put a nickel in the telephone and down my baby's number. Got up. <laughs> You know, Flory, maybe the doctor is right. Ben's voice is soothing, sort of like an anesthetic. Yes, when Ben gets to the hospital, they'll have a real dope. <laughs> hey, this is a terrific idea, Bebe. I can try out all of my new stuff on the patients and find out what clicks. Where, where will I find this, Dr. Parker? At the general hospital. I'll call him and tell him you'll be around later tonight, huh? Thanks, thanks, honey. I'll go upstairs and get my stuff together. Okay. I put a nickel in the telephone and found my face. I hated to trick him, Flory, but it's worth it. Someday he'll be a great surgeon. If he is, it'll be the first time the ham ever did the carving. <laughs> Come in. Oh, excuse me, Mrs. Lawrence. I'm Mr. Winfrey's brother, Aloysius. Oh, well, how do you do, Aloysius? Come on in. Well, I'll just come on to apologize for my brother. Apologize for what? Well, for last week. You, you know when you tell my brother, Mr. Wimple, about your coat being on the ceiling mm -hmm. and he thought... Well, I'm a little ashamed to say it, really. He thought you were wrong in the head. Well, we all make mistakes. Yes, uh, your daughter explained the whole thing, and I really feel proper ashamed of my brother. It locked up time when he thought your old man had a slate loose. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd like to apologize to your old man, too, if he's about, you know. Well, you'd better hurry. He's getting ready to go to the hospital. Oh, oh I'm sorry to hear that. What's the matter with him? Oh, nothing physical. Oh, nothing physical? No. <laughs> no, but I'd rather not talk about it. Oh, you wouldn't, have? No. You see, he doesn't realize why he's going in. Oh, doesn't he? No. no. <laughs> he thinks... You see, he thinks he'll have all the nurses and doctors rolling in the aisles. 
Rolling in it, eh? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's best not to delude him. When you talk to him, don't let on, will you? Oh, no, no. Perhaps maybe I'll but it'll disturb him, eh? Oh, he'll be glad to see you. He's upstairs in his bedroom. I'm sorry I can't tell you exactly why he's going to the hospital. Don't worry. I can guess. <laughs> Richard, oh Richard, where did you put my cat costume? The headpiece is in your little brown suitcase under the bed, and the skin's rolled up on top of that chest of drawers. I see. Thanks. Oh, doggone it! Now where's the tail? Oh, probably falling down in back of this chest. Well, I guess I'll have to crawl under it and get it. Oh! <laughs> this thing is either getting closer to the floor or I'm gaining weight. Come in. How are my wishes, Mr. Whipple's brother? I just dropped in to say, blimey, I could have sworn somebody said, come in. <laughs> well, uh, I did. Well, where are you? I'm under this chest of drawers. Well, what are you doing under there? I'm looking for my tail. <laughs> oh, never mind, never mind. I'll find it later. Give me a hand up, will you? Yes, sure, yes. Oh, oh. oh thanks. Uh, did you say you were looking for your child? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Gee, I'd sure hate to lose it. You have no idea the last I get when I wag it. Uh, Mr. Lauren, are you sure you're all there? All but my tail. <laughs> I've got my skin and my head's in that little brown suitcase under the bed. Your head? Yeah, yeah, and you should see it when the eyes light up. The people scream. I'll bet they do think my brother was right. Um, if you're all right, Mr. Lawrence. Oh, of course I do. Don't be simple, Wimple. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I made it funny. <laughs> Say, you know, that's a good joke. I must remember that. Why? Well, maybe I can use it tonight. Oh, I'm a little worried about tonight. Then you know? No, no, I don't know. That's just the trouble. Even when I was right at the top, I was never sure. And you know, I'm not right at the top now. <laughs> you're telling me. Well, now, wait. Take it easy, Mr. Lawn. Take it easy. Take it easy? Well, suppose I lay an egg tonight. <laughs> well, it can always flog it. Oh, wait a minute. Now, look. Stop talking silly and help me get the rest of my things together. Now, did you lose something else? Yeah. Somewhere in the bottom of this trunk, I've got a big red nose. You have? <laughs> yeah. I have several noses, but I like that one the best. <laughs> well, I think it's time I'll wait. Oh, must you go? Yes, but uh, don't you worry. I'll send you some handkerchiefs in case you get a cold in your noses. Goodbye. <laughs> Who is that, huh? Oh, that was Aloysius Wimple. You know, Richard, I think he's just as peculiar as his brother. Well, come on and help me finish packing. I must get over to the hospital. Dr. Parker will be waiting for me. Ready, Dr. Parker. Good. Mr. Lyons should be here any minute. You know, I can't understand why a married man should want to take such a risk. You should. You met his wife. Now, remember, Ronald, we must treat this man with extreme care. He's very valuable to us. Indeed. Well, if he shows up, he'll be the bravest man I've ever met. Why, this serum could... Come in. Uh, Dr. Parker? Yes? My name is Ben Lyon. Oh, my dear Mr. Lyon, I'm delighted to meet you. Uh, do be careful not to trip over that mat. And uh, mind your head on that low lamp. <laughs> We must take very good care of you, Mr. Lyon. You mean so much to us. Oh, well, thank you. I'll take your hat, Mr. Lyon, and allow me to hang up your coat, Mr. Lyon. Good gracious, it's heavy. Well, I'm still in it. <laughs> Forgive me. 
just that we don't want you to exert yourself. Oh, don't worry about me. I'm in the pink. Say, I understand you want me for a little routine. You hear that, Dr. Ronald? What a magnificent understatement. Yes, magnificent. Almost British. Aren't you, uh, just a little bit nervous, Mr. Lyons? Oh, a little bit. I don't know why I should be. I've been doing this kind of stuff for years. Well, I think you'll find today's job a little different. Yes, that's right, Mr. Lyons. Today, you'll be taking the place of Dr. Parker's guinea pig. Oh, oh, oh that's nothing. Well, once I took the place of Professor von Steiner's monkeys. <laughs> Professor von Steiner? I don't believe I know his work. Is he from Hungary? Strictly from Hungary. <laughs> You know, I killed me. <laughs> Dr. Ronald, before we start, I think we'd better check up on Mr. Lyon's physical condition. Very well. Your pulse, please, Mr. Lyon. Oh, my pulse. Here. One. Uh, do we have to bother with all this? I'm raring to go. I admire your spirit, but we must check your physical condition. Why? To make sure you don't die. Why, with my material, there's not a chance. Two. Of course, we have hope. 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 Oh, then you'd better put me on ahead of Bob. He's too tough to follow. <laughs> what a man. Jesting at a time like this. Three. By the way, Doctor, where am I going to do my stuff? In our theater. Oh, you've got a theater, huh? Yes, we have the best equipped theater in London. Good. Well, how about the audience? That's what I was going to ask you. Is it all right if all the available doctors and nurses watch? Sure. The more, the merrier. The bigger the audience, the better I like it. For then you won't mind if the students stand in the back. No, no, it'll be like old times. Standing room only. I put a nickel in that one. Mr. Lyon. Mr. Lyon, we can postpone this if you're in pain. I feel great. Five. Five already? My pulse is fast today. <laughs> Another cup of hot chocolate, Brian? Thanks, I'd love them. Hi, lovebird. Who's he? That's my kid brother. Richard, I don't want you in here. It's my house, too. Well, it's half mine. Yeah, but you're in the wrong half. Now go away and leave us alone. How are things at the hospital, Brian? Do you like being a medical student? Oh, grand. I say, that reminds me. We had a man up there tonight with the same name as your father's. Oh, it was, Daddy. He's gone up there to learn how to be a doctor. Then this man couldn't have been your father. This man was a volunteer for a very dangerous experiment. Really? Yes. He was a very brave fellow. He kept singing something about brr, 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 busy bee. Holy smoke! That is Pop. He must have been mistaken for a volunteer. We'd better get Ma and hurry over to the hospital. Okay, Richie. You sure this is the right hospital, Ma? Positively. Now, hurry, kids. We haven't a second to lose. Wait just a moment. Where's the three of you going? To the experimental lab. I'm sorry. No one's allowed in there tonight except doctors and nurses. Are you sure? Positive. Did you hear that, Dr. Richard? Yes, Nurse Daniels. Come along, Sister Barbara. Just a minute. You look awfully young to be a doctor. Well, he had his face lifted. <laughs> Come along, Doctor. Not so fast, if you please. I think I'd better take it to the Lady Almoner. All right, and take it to Lord Almoner, too. <laughs> Well, Mr. Lyon, we're just about ready to begin. Fine, fine. Good voice today, fine. How's the pulse, Dr. Ronald? I'm still taking it. Seven? Well, at least he's warm. Our audience is assembled, Mr. Lyon. Will you remove your clothes? Oh, wait, that's not the kind of an act I do, Doc. For that, you should have gotten Phyllis Dixie. <laughs> what courage. Choking up to the last minute. Come on, Mr. Lyon, time's short. Take your clothes off. Do I have to? Yes. All right, if you insist, but... Shouldn't we save that for a shock finish? Mr. Lyon, remove your clothes. Okay, but please give me a fan. But, Mrs. 
the video woman or explained all that. But it's all my fault that my poor husband is in there. I'm sorry, but I've strict orders. Then tell the doctor to give me the serum. I love my husband. Let me take his place. Oh, just a minute, madam. Here comes Dr. Parker and Dr. Ronald now. What have you done with my husband, Dr. Parker? Madam, I'm sorry to say the experiment has been a failure. You mean? Oh, my poor daddy. You mean it's all over? Yes, it's all over. And my husband? Mrs. Lyon, I hate to tell you this, but... But what? Your husband is as nutty as a fruitcake. Oh. Did you give him the serum? No, we couldn't catch him. He's running around telling jokes with nothing on but his underwear. <laughs> oh, isn't that wonderful? Finally, he did a song and dance and knocked over a bottle of chloroform. And all the doctors and nurses went to sleep. <laughs> Are you sure it was the chloroform that put them to sleep? I don't know. But half an hour later, Mr. Lyon said they were a tough audience. <laughs> I think I'd better go in and get him. Oh, did I hear my wife's voice? Oh, hello, baby. Hello, kids. Let's go home. I can't do a thing with that audience. Yes, but I still can't get over that audience. They were so stiff. Good night, Daddy. Gee, I'm glad you're safe. Oh, thank you, baby. Good night. Say, Pop, if you ever do go back to Variety, I'd like to be your manager, and I wouldn't charge you 10%. Oh, well, that's very nice of you, son. No, I'll only charge you seven and a half. <laughs> that's my boy. That's my boy. Good night, son. Good, Good night, night, Daddy. Ben, you aren't mad because I tried to make you a doctor, are you? No, no, honey, of course not. And you should be glad I'm not a doctor. They work so hard, their wives get very little romance. No burning kisses? No, doctors don't have time for that. All a doctor's wife gets is a fast peck on the cheek. Well, then I'm glad you're not a doctor. Good night, dear. Good night, honey. Ben, kiss me again. Okay. Good night, doctor. <laughs> and Ben Lyon with their children Barbara and Richard in Life with the Lions. Also in the cast were Doris Rogers, Molly Weir, Ian Sadler, David Enders, Derek Kyler, Robert Grice, and Joan Frank. Script by B.B. Daniels, Bob Block, and Bill Harding. Dance orchestra conducted by Stanley Andrews with incidental music written by Arthur Wilkins. Production by Tom Ronald. That was the episode, Is There a Doctor in the House, from Life with the Lions. It's Monday, and it's almost over. Have a great week. We'll see you here again this Friday on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce, and remember... There's single-engine fighters in the Air Force, but this plane has four engines. It's an entirely different kind of flying, altogether. It's an entirely different kind of flying.